Are you afraid? Pastor Trent Griffith says, look to your champion. The victory David won applied to the whole army of Israel, but only one did the fighting. And that is true of the story, the epic story of the whole Bible is that God has given a champion that fights in our place and his victory accomplishes things that we could never accomplish on our own. If you're an honest person, there are times you are paralyzed by the enemy. And yet we have an opportunity to look at, to trust in this one who gains the victory. He rescues us, saves us with the victory over this enemy. And now we should be filled with bravery. Welcome to Resonate with Trent Griffith, Senior Pastor of Gospel City Church in Granger, Indiana. I'm Aaron Paulus. Pastor Trent has been saying something every week here on Resonate, and that's this. The Bible has one main storyline. Sure, there's lots of subplots and characters involved, but when we view the whole panorama of Scripture, we see that there's one primary narrative pulling it all together. That epic story is often summarized using these words, creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. Well, last week, Pastor Trent began helping us see that the story of David and Goliath is about a lot more than just a brave young man who is good with a sling. So let's listen in as Trent reviews some highlights from last time and then continues on in his message, The Promise in Peril. Here's Trent Griffith. On one side of this valley, on the mountainside, we have the armies of Israel. On the other side of the valley, we have the armies of the Philistines. So I would like to create that right here in the worship center today, okay? We're gonna divide the, the, the worship center right down the aisle here. You, this side gets to be the armies of the people of God. Aren't you jealous? Aren't you jealous? All right, there you are, that's good. And so you're lined up on this side of the valley and you're confronting the ugliest, baddest, most evil people uh, on this side of the valley, okay? You guys get to be the Philistines. What would a bunch of Philistines sound like? Uh, you got it, excellent. We are into the sermon today. You're all in the sermon today, okay? So this is where we pick up the story and the point we're trying to make is this. We find God's people paralyzed by the enemy. Let's look at the scripture beginning in 1 Samuel 17, verse 4. If you're with me, grunt. There you go. We're right into it. And there came out from the camp of the Philistines a champion. Let's find out about how impressive Goliath was. Verse 5 says he had a helmet, a helmet of bronze on his head, which is a good place for a helmet, and he was armed with a coat of mail. Now, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. If you have an NIV, you see that what it says is scale-like armor. It was scale armor. What do you think of when you think of scale? Fish or snake, right? Now think about why they were afraid. They were looking at someone who appeared to be invincible and it paralyzed them to move. And so seeing someone that towered over them, Saul was dismayed and greatly afraid. Can I ask you a question? Have you ever been there? 
Have you ever faced any of those kinds of giants? It's probably not a nine-foot, nine-inch man, but it could be something that actually paralyzes you to obey God, to act in faith, to do what God has told you to do, to believe the promise. You are facing some kind of giant. Maybe it's caught you off guard. Maybe you're living in fear that something's going to overtake you. It's made you dismayed. It means I do not know what to do at this particular moment. I'm confused. I don't have an answer. I don't have resources. I'm out of options. I realize I'm undersized. I'm under-resourced. I'm an underdog and I'm terrified and I'm paralyzed. You see, the enemies of God still taunt the sovereignty of God. And like Israel, I need somebody to go fight for me. And we don't need to eliminate our fears. We need something to motivate us to face our fears and fight in the face of the fear. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And so David says, there's no reason for heart failure here. Quit freaking out. I will go and fight. I'm a servant. I'm going to serve you by risking my life to fight for you. So the story continues. Look down at verse 36. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears. Really? He says, this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear would deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, okay. Go for it. The Lord be with you. Be warmed and filled. We'll be praying for you. And we don't even know if Saul really believes this is going to turn out well, but he's like, all right, we'll give you a a shot. So the story continues down in verse 40. What did David do? Then he took his staff in his hand and he chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand and he approached the Philistine. And the Philistine moved forward and came near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. So imagine what's going on here. Malcolm Gladwell in his book, David and Goliath, gives some great insight on kind of ancient uh, warfare. And he identified there's actually three types of ancient warriors and ancient warfare going that was going on during this time. He said, first of all, there's the cavalry. You know what the cavalry are? That's like the Canadian Royal Mounted Police, right? They, they ride animals and they cover great distance and they're fast. And so they, they were very effective warriors. The second type of warrior was a, uh, an infantry warrior. That's clearly who Goliath is. He's got armor. He is locked in. He's ready to do hand-to-hand combat. That's the type of war and the type of fight he was prepared to fight. But there's a third type of ancient warfare, and it's artillery. Now, we're not talking about bombs and guns because that hadn't been invented yet. But they had archers and arrows, and they had slingers and stones. David was going to fight this guy who was prepared to fight 
with infantry, he was going to fight him with artillery. Goliath's biggest problem was he brought a sword to a rock fight. And David was going to take him down. And so the story continues. Now, before they actually engage in the battle, just like a good cage mat, there is some trash talking that is classic. And there's the transcript of it right here in the Bible. Okay, you guys ready for this? I want you to respond. I'm going to read this. But if I'm David and you are the armies listening to me taunt them, I want you to respond that way. And if you guys are the Philistines listening to the Philistine taunt David, I want you to respond the way that you would respond if your champion is out there getting ready to go to war. So look here in verse 42. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David and his gods. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beast of the field. Excellent. Excellent. David responds to the Philistine. You guys ready? You come to me with sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. But this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you down. I will cut off your head. And I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and the wild beast of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Nice. And that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves, not with the sword and the spear, for the battle is the Lord's. And he will give you into my hand. When the Philistine arose and came and drew near and met David, David ran quickly, something Goliath was unable to do. (laughs) Speed and quickness beats slow and big every time. So he arose quickly. He ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. Verse 49, and David put his hand in his bag. He took out a stone and he slung it. Now, Imagine this. He pulls out the stone. Not one of those toy slingshots like this. It's it's basically two ropes with a pouch at the end. He's swinging it like this. And an experienced slinger could get that thing going about six or seven revolutions per second. And he let that thing go. And a good slinger back in the day could throw that rock about twice the speed of a Major League Baseball pitcher. 200 miles an hour. And he had good aim. They could be accurate at distances up to 200 yards. And so he doesn't get close enough to do infantry battle, but he does get close enough to do artillery battle. And it struck the Philistine on his forehead, the stone sank into his forehead and fell on, he fell on his face to the ground. Now what you got to say? <laughs> you dead. You chose the wrong side of the room to sit on this morning. <laughs> and so this is the story. There is a representative champion that comes out to fight for 
the people of God and he wins the victory and he is a better champion. Now I want you to notice how that impacted all of you guys on the mountain. Look at verse 50. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistines and killed him. And there was no sword in David's hand. And notice how the armies, point three, are filled with bravery. Look at how it impacts them. Look at verse 51. And David ran and stood over the Philistines and took his sword and drew it out of his sheath and he killed him, cut off his head with it. When the Philistines saw that their champion, again, you want to put quotes around that champion? He's dead. Their champion was dead. They fled. They sprinted in the opposite direction. Now they're filled with fear. The people of God are filled with courage and bravery. Verse 52, the men of Israel and Judah rose with a shout. Oh, you totally missed the cue there. You missed the cue. You want another run at that? Here we go. And the men of Israel and Judah rose with a shout. And pursued the Philistines as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron so that they wounded the Philistines. They fell on the way uh, from that word that's hard to pronounce and Gath and Ekron and all that. Verse 53, and the people of Israel came back from chasing the Philistines and they plundered their camp. God not only gave them victory, he gave them the spoils of victory. Now, The same is true for us. We've already identified, if you're an honest person, there are times you are paralyzed by the enemy. And yet, we have an opportunity to look at, to trust in this one who gains the victory. He rescues us, saves us with the victory over this enemy. And now we should be filled with Bravery, And so as we look at David, remember here, it's okay to look at David, but let's understand the rest of the story here. If you read over in the New Testament, the commentary back on this story, what we find out in, in chapter 11 of Hebrews, it tells us you got David who by faith won this victory over the enemy. But when you get to chapter 12, he wants us to get our eyes off of David and he wants us to keep our eyes on Jesus, Hebrews 12, 2. Keeping our eyes on Jesus. Notice who's he? The champion. The champion who initiates and perfects faith. Do you have faith this morning? Um, lot or a little? Yeah. Uh, I got some faith. I have trouble on on even my good days to have all the faith that I need. And so here's the great news. Even if you have a little bit, where'd that come from? God gave that to you. God, Jesus, the champion who initiates faith. Faith doesn't start with you to try to work up some mustard. I'm not going to fear today. I'm going to walk in faith. No. You get all of that from Jesus. He initiates and, secondly, he perfects our faith. I trust that what is happening to you this moment and this week is that God has perfected faith a little more in you than you had yesterday. A little more this week than you had last week. A little more this year than you had last year. Why? Because you're keeping your eyes on Jesus and recognizing I don't have to fight my own battles. I don't have to conquer 
my giants. I don't have to face my giants. Jesus has already stepped in and fought the biggest giant for me. And so we understand this story. How do we win the battle? God doesn't give us David as an inspirational champion. God gives us Jesus as a substitutionary champion. The purpose of this story is not to give us an example to follow in David. It's to give us a substitute to trust for the victory. The purpose of the story is not to give us an example to fight like him. It's to give us a champion that can fight like we can't. The purpose of the story is not just to give us someone to fight with us, alongside of us. It's to give us someone who has fought instead of us, in place of us, and as us. The victory David won applied to the whole army of Israel, but only one did the fighting. And that is true of the story, the epic story of the whole Bible is that God has given a champion that fights in our place and his victory accomplishes things that we could never accomplish on our own. Think about the parallels between Jesus and David. Where was David from? It tells us in this chapter, he was from Bethlehem. Do you know any other famous people that came from Bethlehem? Yeah, uh, Jesus, I think, was born in a major in Bethlehem. David entered into this wilderness after 40 days to fight Goliath. You know what Jesus did? Jesus entered into a wilderness for 40 days to fight Satan. And he fought and he won that battle. Right before that, David was anointed by Samuel in chapter 16. It tells us the spirit descended on him right before he went into the wilderness. You know what Jesus did right before he went into the wilderness to fight with Satan? He was baptized. The spirit descended on him like a dove. And we're told that David fought Goliath who wore this scale-like, snake-like armor. In the Garden of Eden, Satan puts on this snake-like appearance to attack the people of God. And we're told in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, I've showed you this verse a couple of times in this series, God, after Adam and Eve sinned, God told that snake-like person, I will put enmity between you and the woman. Enmity means uh, war. Did anybody feel like you were in a war this week? Didn't feel like you had any spiritual opposition? It's because of the curse. God says there's going to be this spiritual war that's going to go between Satan and the woman, the offspring of the woman, between the offspring of the woman, human beings, and the offspring of Satan, which are all of his minions. And the promise is this. Here's an epic promise. He, the offspring of the woman, will bruise your Head. Where did David hit Goliath? In the head. Did it cause a bruise? You bet it did. It was a fatal blow. Now he shall bruise your heel. And that's exactly what happened to Jesus on the cross. Jesus had bruises on him and was bloody. And, and Satan gave his best effort. But Jesus absorbed the wrath of God and the evil 
that was initiated on, on the planet here. And yet, as Jesus died on that cross, do you know what he did? He crushed the head of Satan. Here's the reality. Your greatest giant is not criticism. It's not cancer. It's not being rejected by somebody from whom you want their attention. Your greatest giant is sin and death. That is a battle you cannot win. And so Jesus was your representative champion. And he took the blows of the enemy and he crushed his head on the cross in that epic battle. And his epic victory applies to all who will believe in him as their representative champion. And so what are you afraid of for crying out loud? You should be filled with bravery. Yes, you're a failure. Admit it. Don't hide that. Don't try to cover it up. Admit it. But then believe that Jesus has won your forgiveness. You fail God every day. You fail your spouse every day. You fail yourself every day. But receive the forgiveness that was won for you on the cross by Jesus. Don't be afraid of criticism. You've got more things to criticize about yourself than anybody will ever know. And so, yeah, you're, you got critics, but understand this, Jesus has won your acceptance. The Father doesn't criticize you anymore. Now, He disciplines you because He wants you to be sanctified. He wants you to be more like Jesus. But you don't have to fear the criticisms of others. Don't be a people pleaser. Be a God pleaser. You don't have to fear loneliness anymore. Even in your loneliest moment, God is there because Jesus won God's presence. On the cross, God turned away from Jesus. The Father forsook Jesus. On the cross, Jesus experienced all the loneliness that anyone could ever suffer so that you would never have to be lonely again. Jesus won God's presence. He won that victory over that giant of loneliness. How about the giant of suffering? Yeah, you're going to be hurt. You're going to get a terminal diagnosis one day. You're going to have people that you want attention from. You don't get it. But understand this. Jesus has won your peace. And he says, my grace is sufficient for you. No suffering, no discomfort that you will ever face is greater than the grace that God wants to provide in that moment, in that valley, in the midst of your greatest battle. He is with you. And finally, death. Your greatest enemy is death, and you should fear death. But understand this, you have a representative champion that overcame death himself. And the only way you're getting out of this alive is if you let him do the fighting. Lay down your armor, quit trying to fight for yourself, quit thinking that if I had the girlfriend, if I had a better husband, if I had more money in the bank, if I got the attention, if I had a better job, then somehow I would do better in the fight. No, you wouldn't. Those are weapons you don't need to use. The only weapon you have is faith in what he did for you in your place on the cross on your behalf. And as you fight this week, you can be filled with bravery knowing the only enemy that could kill you is dead. The champion's dead. And it should cause you to chase the victory. The Israelites didn't stay up on the mountain. Once they realized the enemy was dead, they got engaged in the fight. 
The reality is this. There is a little Goliath that still lives on the inside of me. And every day he needs his head chopped off. Is that true of you or am I the only one? Fleshly appetites and bad attitudes and sin habits and all that stuff is like, oh, I got to fight that again. Every day, sin needs to be killed. It needs to be mortified. And Jesus does it as I exercise faith in him as my champion who's already won the eternal battle. Let me ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Don't check out on me. Stay in the fight with me here. What do you fear? What do you worry about? What are you anxious about? What do you have panic attacks over? Why can't you sleep? You know what it is? You've got a Goliath that is defying the armies of the living God. David fought that battle and Jesus fought that battle so that the world would know that there is a God who fights for his people. And that's what God wants you to know this morning. Well, you right now, Lay down your weapons, surrender, forfeit the battle, and say, Jesus, I trust that the victory that you have won over sin, over death, is sufficient for me. If you've never become a Christian, if you've never acknowledged, I am a failure. Even as I walked through that session, I could sense some of you are like, I'm not a failure. I'm awesome. Yeah, that's what's going to keep you from winning the ultimate battle. Those of us that are Christians have admitted we are failures. We lose every day. We can't win the fight. That's why we need Jesus. And if you've never admitted that by faith, why don't you admit it? Lay down your weapons. Quit fighting with God. Jesus is already won that victory for you. Embrace him by faith. Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for stepping forward as our servant so we won't have to be servants of sin any longer. And I pray for my friends here that all the fears and the worries and the anxiety and the panic attacks, that they would just fade in the distance and we would be filled with bravery as we know the only enemy that can really kill us is dead. Thank you. We believe by faith that the victory is already won. We trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. So when we think about the story of David killing that huge man, we need to avoid the mistake of thinking, I'm like David. No, actually, we're more like Saul and his cowering army. We're helpless against a cruel enemy, and we need our champion to come and win the victory for us. That puts David and Goliath in a whole new light, doesn't it? Trent Griffith is a senior pastor of Gospel City Church in Granger, Indiana, and I'd like to extend to you a personal invitation to visit Gospel City for a worship service. If Granger is too far away for you and you live closer to Elkhart, we have a Gospel City Church that meets in Elkhart County as well. For more information about service times and locations, just go to mygospelcity.org. You can click where you see I'm new here. Again, that's mygospelcity.org. And why not follow us on Facebook by searching for Gospel City Church. 
Well, do you know what King David's son Solomon is famous for? Yes, he was really wise, and yes, he did have lots of wives. But probably the most epic thing he did was building the temple, Solomon's temple. So what does a big building for worshiping God have to do with you and me? You'll find out next week, right here on Resonate. Thanks for listening today. I'm Aaron Paulus, and my prayer is that this week you'll look to Jesus, the initiator and perfecter of our faith, and that God's word would resonate in your heart and life. Resonate with Trent Griffith is a radio and podcast ministry of Gospel City Church. Visit us online at mygospelcity.org.